Greetings, everyone. I am Enwetterwan Nomren from It Pays to Fear God. In this channel, we learn about God, His beloved Son, Jesus Christ, and their kingdom purpose. The three most important subjects that we can ever learn about, talk about, or discuss in the entire Bible if we read John chapter 17, verse 3. This video is about the subject, Is Jesus Christ God Almighty? But let's first hear a tune that some of us might enjoy. To reiterate, this video is dedicated to discussing the subject, Is Jesus Christ God Almighty? This subject has caused some serious debate in Christianity, so I'm not going to take it very rashly. I'm just going to go systematically to examine whether this very popular doctrine is really scriptural and therefore true or not. First of all, I'm going to look at some forms of biblical logic that will help us understand whether this really fits in the Bible. And then we're going to go deeper into some differences that Jesus Christ and God might actually have. And then we're going to go into Jesus Christ himself. What he really said in the Bible, that is the New Testament, and whether he implied that him and God are the same, or whether he clearly represented or made a distinction between him and his father. And then I'm going to look at some quotations that people might have misinterpreted to come up with that theory. And then I'm going to give you a quick history lesson on where this theory exactly came from. And then I'm going to conclude. If God and Jesus Christ were the same, then Jesus Christ's example, that is the fact that he was humble, the fact that he was submissive, he was brave, and other stuff like that, they would have been of no worth. Because if God, let's say, was really the one who came down to this world, he is not submissive to anybody, as Christians should already know. So that would defeat the whole purpose. The fact that Jesus Christ had a really good example, which we should follow. First Peter chapter 2, verse 21. The fact that in the hierarchy of obedience, he ultimately obeys God. First Corinthians chapter 11, verse 3. And the fact that God rewarded him for his service. Philippians chapter 2, from verses 5 to 11. Paying the ransom sacrifice. All of that would have been pointless if they were to have been the same person. Number one. Number two. If they were the same person, that is God and Jesus Christ, then he wouldn't have really been considered as a lamb. Because a lamb doesn't go to the slaughter by himself. No, a lamb is led to the slaughter, usually made by the priest or whoever is performing the sacrifice. And similarly, Jesus Christ and God couldn't have led themselves to the sacrifice. 
the logic wouldn't have really worked. God, in a spiritual form, it wasn't that God was holding his hand, but God sort of prepared the way, allowed things to happen so that Jesus Christ could be killed and be a ransom. That was why for Isaiah chapter 53, verses 6 and 7, he was kind of referred to as a lamb that was being led to the slaughter, who would take away the sins of the world. Number three, if Jesus Christ and God were the same person, then they couldn't have resurrected because you can't resurrect yourself. No, you have to have a being that doesn't die or at least is alive when you are alive to do it. So if Jesus Christ and God were the same person, then they would have both died together. And then, well, I mean, what's the whole idea? Who would be able to resurrect them for it to be a ransom? But, obviously, Christians have probably already thought of this. So then they think that God didn't really die. It was just that there was some kind of divine incarnation that happened that made it able to be of a ransom, but not really. But that can't be correct because that's like you cutting off a lamb's leg and saying, okay, this is the real ransom. And, of course, that doesn't work. Let's start off with God. God has been talked about both in the Old and New Testament as somebody who is ultimately the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. For the Lord is a great God and a great King above all gods. If you read that Psalm, chapter 95, verse 3, he, all the other gods in this world have been considered children of the Most High. And if you read that Psalms, chapter 82, verse 6, and in Deuteronomy chapter 10, verse 17, Moses had told the Israelites, For the Lord your God is God of gods and Lord of lords, a great God, a mighty, and a terrible, which regardeth not persons, nor taketh reward. Reward being bribe. He's not bribed by anybody. Be not deceived. God is not mocked. Remember, Galatians chapter 6, verse 7. He ultimately is the uncreated being who has lived from everlasting to everlasting. If we read Isaiah chapter 40 verse 18, chapter 42 verse 8, chapter 46 verse 5, and chapter 45 verse 5. And if you read Psalm chapter 90 verse 2, David the psalmist had stated, Before the mountains were brought forth, however thou hast formed the earth and the world, even from everlasting to everlasting, thou art God. See also Psalms chapter 90 3 verse 2 and chapter 135 verse 5 and even chapter 97 verse 9. Jesus Christ, on the other hand, has been considered the king in our time. Not the king of kings in the sense of ultimately the creator of the universe and stuff, but he is the person who has been crowned king over God's government in this world. It is not God Almighty, but it is Jesus Christ. Thou preventest him with the blessings of goodness. Thou settest the crown of pure gold on his head. Psalms chapter 21 verse 3. And we can see this same inference in Luke chapter 1 in verses 32 and 33. Remember, this was an angel talking to Mary, who of course we know as the mother of Jesus Christ. He shall be great and shall be called the son of the highest. And the Lord God shall give unto him the throne of his father David. And he shall reign over the house of Jacob forever. 
and of his kingdom there shall be no end. And if we read 1 Corinthians chapter 15 from verses 24 to 28, we can also see that same idea. Jesus Christ is the king, and after he finishes ruling God's kingdom in the midst of his enemies, Psalm chapter 110 verse 2, and Revelation chapter 2 verse 27, he will hand the kingdom back to God so that God may be all in all. I can't even forget to say that God ultimately was the person who created Jesus Christ alone. If we read John chapter 3 verse 16, only begotten Son. But then it was Jesus Christ who created everything else. Colossians chapter 1 from verses 15 to 17. Ephesians chapter 3 verse 9 and Revelation chapter 3 verse 14. My meat is to do the will of him that sent me and to finish his work. If read John chapter 6 verse 38, he also stated, For I came down from heaven not to do mine own will, but the will of him that sent me. Who is that him? It is God himself, the Father, both of Jesus Christ and of everyone else. If read John chapter 5 verse 19, he also stated, Verily, verily, I say unto you, the Son can do nothing of himself, but what he seeth the Father do. For what things soever he doeth, these also doeth the Son likewise. As the famous saying goes, monkey see, monkey do. In John chapter 5 verse 30, Jesus Christ had also stated, I can of mine own self do nothing. As I hear, I judge, and my judgment is just. Because I seek not mine own will, but the will of the Father which hath sent me. In John chapter 12, verse 49, he also stated, For I have not spoken of myself, but the Father which sent me. He gave me a commandment, what I should say, and what I should speak. In Luke chapter 18, in verses 18 and 19, it even talks about somebody who had asked him the question, and then Jesus Christ had referred to him as Son of God, and somebody not as superior, or generally supreme, as God. And a certain ruler asked him, saying, Good Master, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus Christ said unto him, Why callest thou me good? None is good, save one that is God. But obviously, I can't just be going on and on. We can clearly see now that Jesus Christ himself had made a very clear distinction, both in his speech and also his actions. He never behaved proud. He never behaved supreme. He always behaved as somebody submissive, somebody humble, and somebody who would ultimately be glorified by his Father in the end. And we can see this in his prayer in John chapter 17, specifically in verses 4 and 5. In read John chapter 10, verse 30, Jesus Christ had stated, I and my Father are one. Now, you people believe in this theory, might be like, haha, I've got you. That might be the verse that you won't be able to explain. But remember, we have to understand this is unity of purpose. Unity of purpose is the concept of, well, having people with the same purpose, people with the same ideas, goals generally. And Jesus Christ was saying this because him and his father have such a smooth relationship because ultimately they both love righteousness. Thou lovest righteousness and hatest wickedness. Therefore thy God hath anointed thee with the oil of gladness above thy fellow. Psalms chapter 45 verse 7 and Hebrews chapter 1 verse 9. And of course, God loves righteousness because ultimately righteousness is what he likes. Then people also quote Matthew chapter 28 verse 19. Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. 
This is not referring to the Trinity or anything. It's just the idea that we preach the gospel, which is about God, through Jesus Christ from the power of the Holy Spirit. Because if we preach something without Jesus Christ in it, then it's worthless. Matthew chapter 11, verse 27, and John chapter 5, verse 23, and some other quotations all over the New Testament. When we preach without the Holy Spirit, then it's going to be wrong because it is the Holy Spirit that enables us to really preach the gospel, which is why Jesus Christ had it without measure. If read John chapter 3, verse 34. So that quotation, it's all about that. Then, 1 John chapter 5, verse 7. This is going to be quite interesting. For there are three that bear record in heaven, the Father, the Word, and the Holy Ghost. And these three are one. But I have to tell you, I'm afraid that this, according to many people, is an interpolation in the King James Bible. Back then, when the Bible was still being put together, this was never really a part of it, but people who were biased towards that theory had stuck that in the Bible and said, okay, this is a part, this is going to be a part of the Bible now. And then finally, John chapter 1, from verses 1 to 3. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God. And the word was God. The same was in the beginning. All things were made by him. And without him was not anything made that was made. In verse 1, when it talks about how in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. You have to refer back to that Psalm chapter 82 verse 6, and Isaiah chapter 9 verse 6. He was a God. It doesn't mean he was God Almighty. He was a God because he was going to have people well, yes, worshiping him in that light. It's not that he was created or generally existing when God was existing at the first point. Because God has no beginning date. Jesus Christ was his first and only creation in the sense of Jesus Christ would have gone to create everything else. Back then... Arius and what he was doing was the more accepted Christianity. Athanasius was already building itself up, but generally there were various philosophers at that time which most of likely wanted something to suit the Romans because people who know Roman gods, there's that kind of thing, that kind of hype that there are these equal gods and stuff like that. So we have to understand this is a pagan tradition. This is certainly not a Christian tradition that came from God, came from the Bible. It's a purely pagan tradition. It's just that people took verses in the Bible that would have looked like that and said, okay, we're going to use this to help support this theory. And that was why Constantine, which was really the one who broke Christianity up, and not only that, but said, this is the new Christianity going forward. That other Christianity will be persecuted. It's garbage. And that was why this whole idea that God and Jesus and even the Holy Spirit are the same. That was really where it came from. It was never really supposed to be. It was because people wanted to eventually get favor from the Roman Empire because usually you need kind of religious connections to have such connections and links with such a big empire. So they kind of created a theory, a Christian theory, which would kind of make sense in the New Testament, or generally the Bible, but would also make sense to the Romans. So that was why Arius was defeated, and the way we know history today went. Now, here comes the advice. For all who develop such theories, 
or accept such theories. When we want to do such things, we have to go to the Bible first. And we see this in Revelation chapter 22 and verses 18 and 19. If we take away from the Bible, God will take away from our eternal life. But if we add to the Bible, he will add to the plagues that are in the Bible. Essentially meaning if we want to tweak the Bible to suggest our own theories and go ahead and deceive people with such things, the end will not be good. Rather... We should test the spirits. If we read 1 John chapter 4 from verses 1 to 3, those spirits aren't the heavenly beings. It's generally doctrines in this world. We have to make sure that they are correct because ultimately it's the doctrines that lead to what we do, the instructions, which will bring the judgment and cut us off from the divine promises. And that is where I intend to stop on discussing the subject is Jesus Christ, God Almighty. To conclude this episode, we're once again going to hear a tune that some of you viewers might be interested in. And always remember, because Jesus Christ is not God Almighty, but rather the mediator between us and God Almighty himself, we must always remember to worship him, learn about him, and respect him and his laws and the fact that he's king, because ultimately that is the only way we can say we are children of God in the end. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. John Chapter 14, verse 6. Have a good day, everyone. Oh, one more thing. If you like what you heard today, feel free to share a message at https colon double slash anchor.fm slash it pays to fear God slash message. Once again, that's https colon double slash anchor.fm slash it pays to fear God slash message. Hope to hear your wonderful feedback.